from within, grasping or understanding deeply experientially from within and owning the wisdom that comes out of that experience even beyond the limitations of our mind, beyond this mortal frame, beyond this lifetime. This kind of insight is the topic of my podcast. Welcome. Welcome. I would like to start with a series dedicated to the intergalactic master, the most luminous, the most compassionate Mahavatar Babaji also known as Mahatapa of Gyanganj or Shambhala. This great master is ever present, ever supportive of our spiritual awakening. And so many people on our planet have had experiences with Babaji. Some truly had it, some may be imagined it, but the topic here is the devotion and openness to receive the grace, the openness to be transformed and to be inspired, to reach the level of purity and receptivity and eligibility so that one can experience the great blessings of Babaji. For years I have been um, hesitant or shy to speak about my experience with Babaji because first of all I fought with my mind which made me doubt was it really him that you saw that you experienced that day in the desert? Or was it the fragment of your imagination? Or maybe a symbol of your higher self, as one holistic doctor told me. But deep down I knew it was real. It was more real than even my physical experiences. Until today I can remember every second of that experience. And the inner sensation that I had as a result of that experience. And that one experience completely changed my life. It changed my inner software. It redirected me onto a different track altogether. Only after I met Mohanji in Dubai in 2007, and uh, after I heard of his own experiences with Babaji, and then had one powerful experience with Babaji again through Mohanji, which reconfirmed to me the truth of my experience, or rather 
helped me overcome the mind's doubts and illusions. I started to own my experience. And with time I decided to share it because I firmly believe that our truthful, deep, transformative experiences can also change something in others, inspire others. So today I would like to start with sharing of that experience. And I will continue this podcast dedicated to Babaji for some more time, at least probably 10 episodes. I will be reading uh, Mohanji's blog, Babaji Beyond Definitions, and also offering my own commentaries based on my experiences with Babaji and with Mohanji. I recently had a beautiful experience with Babaji. We are now in the quarantine during coronavirus situation <laughs> on our planet. And this time helped me to increase my spiritual practice. Uh, Monji inspired us to start something called the Early Birds Club and to wake up early in the morning, 4 o'clock. This is the auspicious time called Brahma Muhurta, the time between 3 and 6 a.m. when the energies are most sattvic, when both of our nostrils are open, when our brain is more balanced, and when our spiritual experiences are much deeper than usual, because masters are more accessible and more active at this time. Masters are ever compassionate, and they are here to help us, to support us. They have already treaded this path long time ago, and they can see our hearts beaming, asking for the ultimate experience. And they're there to support this innermost calling of our spiritual awakening. So if you feel that call from your heart, you are at the right place where experiences of that nature will be shared with utmost sincerity. So the recent experience with Babaji inspired me to start this podcast in his honor and then continue forth with other subjects as well. I'll start now with my experience that changed my life. It happened in the year 2000 after a really tough year in Kosovo, where I worked as the interpreter or language assistant for the United Nations. I literally risked my life every day. My experiences included a near-death experience and many other experiences that really opened me up to the truth beyond the mind and physical existence and only strengthened my thirst from within to awaken into the reality. After reaching Rome, Italy, which happened because I was blessed to win a scholarship 
that enabled me to study at the beautiful university in the heart of Rome called John Cabot. And a couple of months after I started my studies, one evening I had a inner prompting to stare at the candlelight. I simply had this thought, I didn't know where it came from. So I just placed one candle in front of me at the height of my eyes and I would look into the candlelight then inhale that light into my forehead and close my eyes and then feel as if I'm exhaling that energy from my forehead into the candle. Then again I would open the eyes just a bit to see the light inhale it into my forehead and then exhale it through the third eye literally that's how it felt into the candle and that's what I did for half an hour or so and it was already evening so I decided to lie down on my bed but the energy was so good there was a lot of vibration on my forehead so I decided to continue with this process from my pillow so from my pillow I continued gazing at the candle inhaling the light into the forehead and exhaling from my forehead into the light for another, I don't know, couple of minutes until something that I couldn't describe to myself but it was very powerful and real something just happened I started floating up out of my body later on I learned this is called conscious astral body travel as I said, at that time I had absolutely no clue about any of these things. So I just felt it's it's me. It's just that I don't see or feel my physical body, but everything else is me. Everything else is the same. And I'm traveling, I'm floating, I'm going somewhere. Initially I didn't quite understand how is this happening, but there was not much of mind's activity. I was simply enjoying then I noticed when I think I want to go up, this invisible vehicle of mine takes me up. When I think I want to go faster, it goes faster, slower, slower, down, down. It was obeying my thoughts. It was directed by my thoughts. So that felt very liberating. I felt like a huge eagle soaring high. It was amazing. So, so beautiful. And uh, when I looked down, I realized I'm flying above a huge, huge desert. It was very big. And I was very high. I don't know how many hundreds of meters, but it was very high. And then from that height, I saw like a dot in this light-colored sand. I more intuitively felt that there is something there that I should look into. I felt like a magnetic pull to go towards this something. So I thought, down, and my vehicle took me down. And at some point I landed on this beautiful, almost white sand, very beautiful, clean sand. What I landed in front was an Im image I will never ever forget. A beautiful young 
yogi with a slim waist, long shining hair, sat in the lotus pose Padmasana on a royal chair. This chair was not ordinary. It had a royal look to it and it was embedded with precious stones of different colors. As I said, my mind was not so active, so I didn't find this odd that there is a vast space filled with desert and there is a young yogi seated on a chair filled with precious stones. (laughs) Um, I simply was mesmerized by the beauty of the scene. Uh, The chair surely was beautiful, but it was nothing in comparison with the beauty and radiance of this young yogi. I remember his right palm was comfortably placed on his left palm. He was so relaxed in that lotus pose, so present within himself. And from within he was emanating most beautiful blissful energy, which just took me over. I just couldn't stop looking. And as I was looking at him, I was feeling more and more peaceful and fulfilled. It's beyond happy. I cannot find the words. It was just blissful. There were no thoughts. There was just this bliss and lightness. And I felt from within I was slowly expanding. There was so much of love in my heart. And we know that it is the nature of love to expand us. We feel so expanded when we are in love. But this was a purified love, devotion, the love towards divine, the highest of love. And it just overwhelmed me. There were no thoughts. And then one thought came. If I could only see his eyes. Deep inside, I knew that that unique expression in our eyes always remains the same. So I thought, if I get the blessing of meeting him again, maybe his physical body will change, but his eyes, I will be able to recognize him if I am able to see his eyes. So after that thought came, suddenly he just opened his eyes and I totally lost my breath I was so sucked in into the beauty of those eyes they were like ocean of compassion and a universe of presence in fact universes because I could clearly see or feel I can't really explain it but I could see the galaxies in those eyes. And the more I looked, the stronger the inner expansion became. As I looked into his eyes, I I felt the expansion is becoming so fast and strong. We all know how it looks when you blow into a balloon and it reaches that point of bursting. Well, that's how it felt. From within, I was expanding, 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 and then I reached that critical point of not being able to continue expanding from the same space. 
because either I become that ocean of consciousness or something will stop because I could not contain that energy. It was not possible to contain it from my little bubble from within. It was so vast and so powerful. Later on I heard one yogi say, when you look into Babaji's eyes, you can either become that or you'll have to stop looking because it's so powerful. And I so agree, this is what it was. You can't continue looking at that dazzling light and that immense cosmic presence and remain within your, the boundaries, boundaries of your ego. It's not possible. So at that time, having no understanding of anything spiritual, I was simply not understanding that uh, that was a chance for dissolution, which is even a step beyond enlightenment. I could have gotten it right there, but it wasn't meant to be. I was not ready to withstand the experience, the power of that experience. I was not able to surrender fully <laughs> in order to endure the death of ego. So what happened next was that Babaji telepathically told me, I remember it was in English language, what are you doing here? You're not ready yet. This word yet became my favorite word later on because it's promising. <laughs> it means it will happen one day, but it just wasn't meant to happen then. So I simply had nothing to say or think. I was in incapable of thinking. I was simply zapped by the experience. So I simply looked and then he smiled and I felt I started contracting from that big balloon that I was <laughs> that I became I started contracting and moving backward kind of that's how I can explain it and then I came back into my physical body my physical body then started shaking or shivering throughout legs arms stores or head everything was just even bouncing a bit off the off the bed i cannot even recreate that experience the entire body was shaking 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 for like minutes or so and then i simply lie down and i got completely knocked off for at least 10 hours i slept and slept I remember I missed the morning lecture, almost missed an exam at the university. I was totally blown away by this experience. And it took me some time to be able to focus myself again on my studies because I was just so eager to understand what happened. How could I fly like that? Who was it that I met? I was so eager to understand, but... Nobody was there to explain this to me. And with time I accepted that it just wasn't the time to understand. And when I already stopped wanting to understand, when I 
fully focused on my studies, later on master's degree in America, another amazing scholarship and a whole new ocean of experiences at the Notre Dame University in America. Uh, 2004, I was going through my daily routine of uh, essay writing, book reading, attending the lectures and so forth, fully engrossed in the student experience. And then one day, totally unexpected, something happened. I was um, at a coffee bar come library. It's a library with a coffee bar. And um, there was a bookshelf, and I was on my way to the restroom when I passed by this bookshelf and felt a sort of a tickle. Clearly, I could feel as if somebody tickled me on my hand, on my arm. So I stopped, and I was looking, what is tickling? What is this energy? And then with my left hand, I just followed the source of this vibration that's tickling my hand. And it clearly guided me to a book with an orange cover. I took it out, looked, there was a very cute, beautiful, radiant face of unknown yogi called Paramahamsa Yogananda. And that was his autobiography, autobiography of a yogi. So I was intrigued, uh, it looked attractive, it looked interesting. And then just casually I opened the book and on the left hand side there was a colored full page image of the young yogi that I saw in the desert. I lost my breath, I was just so happy to see that finally, finally after four years I will finally get the answer whom I met. And it was just three days before my exam. So as you can imagine, it took a lot of self-control not to start reading the book right away, but to focus on the exam. The moment the exam was over, it was a time of our spring break. And I just stopped whatever plans of travel or wherever, everything else, I stopped it all and I just went into seclusion and went to one lake and I sat down at this lake and I started reading. I was literally not breathing and reading. It was I was so engrossed into that book. I enjoyed every word and then I reached the part with Babaji. It's not something one can tell you. You really need to read this book. This book is totally alive. Moanji told me later on, this book is a guru. It has been blessed by the masters to have that living vibration. And it will definitely enrich your life, just like the presence of a guru does. So I highly recommend you, if you haven't read Autobiography of a Yogi, um, you can even find it as a free PDF online, but I recommend buying it and have it in your hand and really honoring it and reading it very slowly with full focus, as I did those days. 
and um, I reached the, the chapter about Babaji. And I remember I couldn't stop crying when I read the part how Lahiri Mahasaya meets Babaji. And he meets him, but he doesn't recognize him. And then Babaji asks him to sit in a cave. And he says, don't you recognize this cave? We used to sit here many times. But Lahiri Mahasaya's memory of past lives is gone, as is the case with all of us. So he was just looking, no, I don't remember. And then Babaji tells him, uh, I'll just say the way I remember it. I've watched you over the ocean of space and time. I watched you enter your mother's womb. <laughs> I watched you go through your childhood and your teenage days and uh, your married life. And all this time I waited until I could see that you were ready to receive me. <laughs> so when I read that, I was just so touched. I was blown away by this book. I was totally blown away. And then my mind started chewing on me. Is it possible that you met this great master? Like, how, what did I do to deserve this? You know, I, I just couldn't understand that. How could this be possible? And these doubts were really tormenting me. On the other hand, the knowledge that I gained from this book totally reprogrammed me. I lost my interest for the career. I stopped going for some job interviews that were already lined up for me in Chicago with some famous companies and so forth. And I told our career advisor that I just want to go back to Europe and I'm eager to go to India. <laughs> so after I finished my master's degree, I looked for every opportunity. And finally, one of my friends offered me uh, a job. In fact, said that his friend has a company in Dubai and I should maybe try that out since no job, a suitable job was happening. Since no suitable job was happening to me in Serbia. So that's how I came to Dubai, and that's where I met Mohanji in January 2007. So I will stop at this experience and um, we'll now start with um, reading of Mohanji's blog, Babaji Beyond Definitions. And this blog was written at the time when I was with Mohanji. So every now and then I will be offering my own commentaries and experiences related to the text. Enjoy. Babaji Beyond Definitions Blog by Mohanji Dear friends, this is my humble attempt to express in words, a phenomenon which is truly indescribable. Mahavatar Babaji is not a man or just a guru. He is a phenomenon, 
Even the name Babaji, which is commonly used in India to address many spiritual masters, cannot even explain or convey the phenomenon that we call Babaji. Since we have to depend on a name to make others understand whom we are talking about, we shall use the name Babaji. Babaji is beyond any intellectual understanding. He is beyond words and thoughts. He is beyond all kinds of spiritual theories and experiences. Any form or picture that is attributed to his image falls short of his stature. He represents the formless, but he assumes the form that is in your mind whenever he chooses to convey a message just to let you know who is talking. A formless master can choose any form as long as it is necessary. Human mind addicted to form cannot be satisfied until a convincing form is attached to a message. Otherwise, even if the message is truly relevant to the receiver, it is discarded as data or message born out of a suspicious origin. In order to satisfy this need, Babaji has appeared in forms understandable to the receiver, while in fact he remains formless. I realize this truth in the most practical way. This write-up is about my experiences and impressions of Babaji. Even though I had questioned my eligibility <clears throat> to write about such a Mahavatar great incarnation, I thought that my experiences might help at least a few seekers in the path of spirituality. There are many in this world who have had direct experiences from this intergalactic master. Each one's experience could be unique and different. This is quite not natural because each one has different levels of evolution, eligibility and different levels of understanding. Hence, comparisons have no value. Please keep this in mind as you proceed further. My first introduction to Babaji in this life. Most people came to know about this powerful omnipresent master through the great, outstanding and living literary accomplishment by Paramahamsa Yogananda called the autobiography of a yogi. This was the case with me too. My first introduction to Babaji in this life was through this great book by Yogananda. I read the book many years ago, that is in mid-90s. I read about various masters and was fascinated about them. Nothing more. However, in 2000, my only daughter Amu passed away, which brought immense sorrow into the life of all my family members, including myself. That was the year that I visited Himalayas for the first time. Haridwar, Rishikesh, Tapovan, 
dips in the holy Ganga were indeed purifying. Meditating in Vasishta cave, meeting and talking to real saints and sadhus who wanted nothing from me was quite refreshing, especially for a man like me who has always been dwelling in the commercial world of hard competition and severely conditioned relationships. People do not meet people without profits attached. The unconditional love of Himalayas was quite refreshing and promising. It created a new hope in me, a new purpose. It triggered my spirituality. It pushed me into a completely different path, which I was quite unaware of till that date. The path of subtlety and power the path of truth, the path of Shiva. Himalayas Himalayas enchanted me so much. I could never resist the temptation of visiting Himalayas every year henceforth, which I continue till date. I still do so on Amu's death anniversary every year. In the year 2000, I met Mata Devi Vanamali, the Divine Mother, who is compassion incarnate, a great devotee of Lord Krishna. She adopted me as her spiritual son. She lives in Tapovan, near Rishikesh, on the banks of River Ganga. She told me, a son does not need permission to visit his parents' house. This ashram is the same for you. You need no permission to come here. This is your home too. Thus, I found my home in Himalayas. Even though each trip brought me many new revelations, I was not consciously searching for Babaji per se. This thought was not even existing in my mind. In 2002, I visited Badrinath Temple, along with Mataji, which is almost 16,000 feet high up in the Himalayas. Oxygen is less in such heights, and I was experiencing breathlessness. It was very cold, too. Babaji's abode is supposed to be near Badrinath Temple. I was not aware of that. Now I realize that Babaji is everywhere, and he does not stay just near Badri. However, an interesting encounter with an unknown saint happened there, and I consider that to be an encounter with Babaji, even though I am not sure. Does it matter? Well, it happened as follows. On the night when we arrived, when I looked up in the sky above the temple, I saw a round, bright object in the sky. It looked like a flying saucer, a UFO. In a way, one is to expect many strange or indefinable things in Himalayas. So I took it for granted that aliens could be visiting great masters in Himalayas. I have heard that some of the great masters meditating in Himalayas are not from Earth at all. 
So sighting of a UFO was quite a possibility as far as I was concerned. In the morning, I realized that there is a mountain behind the temple, which is invisible in the night. And there is a small hut on top of this mountain. I could not see any roads going up to this hut. I asked Mataji and she said that an old saint lives there. I could not fathom the possibility of an old saint meditating so high up in the mountains in such cold conditions. I wanted to meet him, but primarily due to my health condition and because I could not find any way to climb up there, I discarded the wish as an impossibility. We stayed there a couple of days and on the third day we decided to leave Badri. Mataji told us that we will leave after the morning prayers in the temple. That day the temple was packed with people. Mataji was allowed to sit right in front of the Sanctum Sanctorum and I got into the fourth or fifth line behind her. From where I sat I could easily see what was going on inside the temple. The prayers and rituals had started and everyone present was chanting mantras. There was high energy and great elevation. Suddenly, an old and frail man came to the door and walked through the crowd straight to the door of the Sanctum Sanctorum where Mataji was sitting. Everyone gave way. Mataji moved to one side and he sat down beside her. When I saw him, I felt great hidden power inside the old frail body. He was very thin, almost like a skeleton. I sat observing this man and the ritual. When the prayer ended, Everyone got up to leave. The old saint walked past me, looked into my eyes, and he suddenly caught my right hand in a strong grip. I can still feel his grip whenever I remember this incident. He held my palm for a few seconds amidst the crowd that was pushing and pulling us and suddenly left it and walked out. He disappeared immediately and we could not find him anywhere. I could not understand the saint nor could I understand why he caught my palm in a strong grip like that, stared deep into my eyes and disappeared so quickly. Everything was so mysterious. When I came out, Mataji was waiting outside. She said, this trip is so blessed because I could sit next to this great yogi. I told her what he did to me. She exclaimed, you are very lucky. He is a great yogi. I told her what he did to me. She exclaimed, I told her what he did to me. 
just a moment. Okay, starting again in five seconds. I told her what he did to me. She exclaimed, you are very lucky. He is a great yogi who stays away from human contact. I asked her, who is he? She said, you had wanted to meet the saint who lives on top of the mountain behind the temple. That was him. Since you could not go there, he came down to see you. Such masters always fulfill the sincere wishes of seekers. That was such an overwhelming experience for me. It was a kind of a deep revelation. Gratitude filled my heart like never before. Was that Babaji? Who knows? I never saw him again. The Babaji boy. In 2004, I faced yet another crisis in life. I had to relocate from Oman, where I lived at that time, and underwent many material losses and associated agonies. I also lost my job and was reasonably insecure about everything except spirituality. That was the time when I came to know and meet a man who was in constant communion with Babaji. Since I do not have the permission to disclose the name of this person nor his whereabouts, I shall just call him Babaji Boy. I first spoke to him when he was visiting India and was at a friend's place. When my friend told me that Babaji Boy was in his place, I felt a deep urge to talk to him. I was in Dubai at that time and my friend's house is in India. When I told about my wish to my friend, he said, Oh, you are wasting your time, Mohanji. He does not even look at anyone, let alone speak. He is always in meditation, night and day. That did not put me off. I still insisted, and my friend finally took the initiative. I called at a particular time when Babaji Boy was close to a convenient phone, and my friend took my call. I could hear him telling something to Babaji Boy about me. I heard him say, Mohanji is calling from Dubai. He is a great soul. You must speak to him. And then gave the phone to Babaji Boy. I heard his voice for the first time. Even before I could say hello, he said, Om Sairam. Om Sairam, Om Sairam, three times, and disconnected the phone. Suddenly, I felt something entering my head. It was like a bullet piercing my brain. Excruciating pain. Severe headache followed. I could not even see anything clearly. Somehow I managed to reach home and decided to sleep. I could not do anything else. 
August 15th, it was one week after he spoke to me in this way. I was going to India. I knew that I would be meeting Babaji boy and was reasonably excited about it. I bought some high quality dried date fruits and as soon as I landed in India, I tried to meet him. It was not easy. I met my friend who was hosting him and he dampened my spirits when he said, Monji, it is not easy to meet him. He lives in a house which is about an hour away by car from here. He always meditates and communes with Babaji. He never speaks to anyone, does not even look at people, does not eat much food. He maintains silence and does not come out of his room unless essential. I still insisted on seeing him. Finally, he surrendered to my persistence and soon I was on my way to his abode. So many thoughts were going through my excited mind. I was like a child on the way to Disneyland. When I reached his house, I was expecting a maid or housekeeper to open the door. Before I could ring the bell, Babaji boy himself came and opened the door. My jaw dropped. I did not know what to say. I just stood there looking at him. He broke the silence. Mohanji, welcome. I tried to explain who I am and why I'm there. He cut my attempt quite abruptly and said, Babaji told me that you are coming. I was waiting for you. I have to give you something. Come with me. My heart started beating faster. I walked with him into the living room of the house. I had the dried, dried dates with me. I handed that over to him. I said, this is for you and Babaji. He took it without any expressions. I thought he did not understand. I took it back from him, unwrapped it and gave it back to him and said, these are special dates for you and Babaji. He then said abruptly, I understood, which was a hint that he was not interested in formalities. He gestured to me uh, to take the seat opposite to him. He sat down too. He said, listen to me carefully. Yesterday night, Babaji told me that you will be coming. He told me about you in detail. I know everything. I know the problem that you are facing with your meditation. Babaji says that you should split your mind into two and go in between. You will reach your destination. Babaji asked me to teach you a mudra, a sign or a particular way to join fingers to achieve a desired energy flow, which will empower you further. He taught me and patiently perfected this mudra. He made me do it many times until he was satisfied. Then suddenly he said, let's meditate together. This was indeed unexpected. My friends were waiting outside and I had promised to be with my parents before sunset. Moreover, my friend, the host of Babaji Boy, had told me that once he starts to meditate, 
He will come out of it only after a few days. What will you do? What will I do? I tried to meditate for about 30 minutes. I saw that Babaji boy had gone deep into meditation. I prostrated at his feet and left for home. That was a wonderful day for me. I was excited beyond limits. Babaji knows me and has indeed given me a precious, life-changing mudra through his disciple. I felt that this was indeed a great leap in my spiritual life. An awareness shift. The next day, there was a public function in my neighborhood. This was a function intended to honor people who excelled in charity service or selfless service. I was also honored at that function by a celebrity for charity acts or initiatives conducted through AmuCare, the charity organization that I founded in 2003. However, my interest was not the the award. My interest was that Babaji boy may be there at the function. This was another opportunity to spend some time in his energy field. As soon as I reached the venue, I went indoors searching for him. I found him sitting with his eyes closed in a room at the far end of the stage. There was nobody else in the room. I sat next to him. When he felt my presence, he opened his eyes, looked at me briefly, and closed the eyes again. He did not show any kind of recognition. I sat there and mentally conveyed my apologies for leaving him without proper goodbyes. I tried to convey telepathically the following message. I'm so sorry, I had to leave early yesterday without telling you I did not want to disturb you because you were deep in meditation. A few seconds later, he suddenly opened his eyes and said, It is okay, no formalities. He got my telepathic message and responded verbally. This was truly amazing. My connectivity with him was clear to me now, and it's working. Suddenly, a strong vibration, like a storm, started within my body. As I was sitting there, I realized that I cannot move. I was feeling paralyzed. Energy started forming like bubbles inside my stomach region, rising like bubbles of soda water inside a glass. I felt a lot of bubble-like energy forming, moving and bursting inside my head. It was not scary though. While all of this was happening, my conscious mind and active senses were also recognizing my state and the program that is happening outside this room. A subtle awareness was there that my name will be called anytime to come to the podium for the honoring. The awareness that I cannot move my body as well as the awareness that something drastic is happening within me consumed me completely. I was highly expanded and was witnessing the happenings inside my body, as well as the speeches and proceedings of the function outside. I do not know how long I sat there. I was hoping that Babaji boy will rescue me, 
and help me reach the podium the moment when my name will be called. He did not do anything. He looked as if he was in a trance state too. I was definitely in a trance state. Suddenly a saint who was sitting on the stage rushed into the room where we were sitting without saying anything to both of us. He gently brushed his hand over my head and quickly went back. Within seconds, I became normal. At the same time, my name was announced and I managed to walk to the stage while they were describing the activities of Amu Care for the poor and helpless. I went on stage, received the honor and was about to go back when the chief guest asked me to stay and say a few words. I could not. I was in a different state. I just expressed my sincere thanks and gratitude for the honor with limited words and mostly through body language and quickly came back to the room where Babaji boy was still sitting. He was in the same state and did not even acknowledge my presence or my movements in the room. The parting and the priceless priceless gift. The parting and the priceless gift. I could not spend much time with Babaji boy afterwards. Soon enough, I came to know that he will be leaving that place soon. One evening, I was sitting, chatting with my parents, when a phone call came. I was surprised to hear the voice of Babaji boy. He was abrupt as usual. I'm leaving tonight. I would like to meet you. Can I come over for dinner at your place? I was so pleased with this proposition. I immediately invited him. He arrived by car. As soon as he entered the house, he asked me to take him to the room where my parents have kept the altar and the lamp burning. There are many pictures and idols there. He stood silent in prayer for a few minutes. He called me and showed me his picture of Babaji. I know that for him, this picture was like a link or connection to Babaji. He would never even show this picture to anyone. He considers it so sacred and personal. He always carries this picture with him. He said, Babaji asked me to give this picture to you. Oh, what a surprise that was. I knew that this picture is priceless. It was as if Babaji boy was giving his own life to me. I was deeply honored and humbled by the love of Babaji. Without any emotions, he handed over the picture to me and said, take care of this, Babaji will speak to you. I could not believe all that happened in such a short span of time. I wondered about my eligibility for this love and grace. What have I done to achieve all this? Only Babaji knows. Anyway, I was indebted and overwhelmed. Babaji boy had his dinner with us and he left the same night. I never met or communicated with him ever again. 
I felt as if Babaji boy was sent by Babaji himself to guide me to his path and left after accomplishing this task. He accepted nothing from me in return, except perhaps the dinner, which certainly has no value compared to the blessings that he showered upon me. He subtly taught me many things. He changed my constitution without articulating it. Thus, I encountered another selfless soul. My path was getting clearer. I was beginning to understand my tradition and the purpose of my existence. The picture that Babaji boy gave me is still with me on my altar, a priceless possession. The story will continue. Love you, Mohanji. Mm-hmm.